Welcome to Capstan Live. We're the podcast that makes sure you pay the real estate taxes you owe and not a dollar more. If you own commercial real estate or advise someone who does, you're in the right place for a real talk about maximizing tax savings. Hi, welcome to another edition of Capstan Live. I'm Helena Carmel and I'm so glad you've joined us. I have one of my favorite guests with us today, Bruce Johnson. Um, one of the founding partners here at Capstan Tax Strategies. Hello, Bruce. Good morning, Helena. It's great to be here. Yay. We are happy to have you as always. Um, and today we're talking about something pretty interesting. Um, obviously, a lot has changed in the world of real estate. Um, and in this post-pandemic landscape, we're seeing a lot of shifts. And some property types have been hit really hard. Yet somehow, multifamily properties are, are, are staying strong. What's so special about multifamily properties, Bruce? Like, why are they, I don't want to say pandemic-proof, quote-unquote, I'm making air quotes, but, but how, how is it that they have not been hit a bit and in, are, in fact, continuing to thrive? You know, it's interesting, Helena, when we look at just our, our little business here and the property types we do work on year in and year out, multifamily, for the last 18 years, has consistently been a very large portion of our mm-hmm. business. So I would say, at least from our our small snapshot of the real estate industry, I think it's been a very big piece of things. Um, Just from what you read, I think to answer your question, it really comes down to the affordability issue. Uh Uh, And also, I think just the desire for home ownership. So the other thing too is that we're seeing a lot of um, urbanization where people are, are moving closer into cities uh, the work live plague, I think theme. Ah, and they're renting and, more if they're moving into cities. They're, right, they're right. Not buying, and, they're they're renting. And you know, plays into maybe the fact that there's limited new development space for uh-huh. homes, and kind of plays into another thing we see quite a bit of repurposing a property, say a hotel or a condominium complex uh, being converted to apartments because oh. it just presents uh, a more effective use of that property. So we're even, well, it's been going on for decades, but repurposing old industrial properties in urban scenario in situations. You know, here in Philadelphia, an older city, we've got a lot of those. Those are, a lot of those are being repositioned into these, uh, whether it's a straight apartment to maybe mixed use use, mixed use properties. Right, those cool like lofts kind of setups and you know while they're not ideally set up for what you how you would want to operate most multifamily it <laughs> creates it definitely creates a different uh, environment it's a feel but, it's a feel yes yeah. yes yeah i think i'm too old but i think they're very cool if you're of a certain age um so okay so multifamily is happening it's been happening and it will continue to happen um but there are some tax benefits there are some tax factors in play that continue to drive a lot of interest as well. Um, tell me. Well, Bruce, I think that more. whether it's a, an, an individual developer or an investor group, um, there's always interest in, for, for most of our, we deal with our for, our for-profit entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get involved from time to time with low-income tax credit deals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, different metric in how you evaluate some of the tax tools we have, but the bottom line is, the bottom line. Everybody is always looking for ways to eke out more profit from mm-hmm. a property. 
um, because certainly as we can see uh, increasing rent is not necessarily uh, a choice in some scenarios yes. uh, but but yet our costs are going up so when we look at one of the areas that people can be leveraging is how can we effectively leverage what's on the federal tax books to our fullest advantage and that's really kind of what we do a lot of that revolves around depreciation and fixed assets um, so there is a lot of available tools for particularly for multifamily and as we know uh, the law of entropy from physics oh, is in no. play here where everything breaks down so a building even though it's brand new is going to start to need capex work pretty quickly so every time you have those types of events you can take you have another opportunity to look at these a lot of these particularly the depreciation derived federal tax tools to open up an avenue of cash flow so okay okay first of all the word entropy threw me but now i'm with you um so let's let's talk so let's talk about the tcja the tax cuts and jobs act and this incredible um lucrative um situation that it did with bonus, 100% bonus um, depreciation through the end of 2022, and bonus on acquired properties. Those are two huge, huge factors that have a major impact on multifamily properties. Without, right? a, without a doubt. I mean, I, 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 particularly the application of bonus on acquired properties is a game changer. It's, right. it's dramatically changed the profile of people that can use accelerated depreciation, whereas before uh, TCJA, for the most part, you're talking two, three million dollar properties at a minimum. And when it comes to acquisitions, you probably are having to look at larger for people to really see that first year bang for the buck. But now, I mean, we're actually seeing in many cases where that 100% bonus on an acquisition is too rich for a taxpayer's needs. They're actually having to create hybrid situations what? where maybe they elect out of partial bonus on say the 15 year assets Goodness. because it's too much for them to i'll use the term digest in year one they want to stretch out some wow. of those tax savings a little bit so so wait you're telling me that there's literally too much savings sometimes with the larger properties the, wow. it, it we have seen a lot of instances where people are saying we are going to manually choose not to take bonus on this this asset type say wow. 12 uh, uh, land improvements 1250 land improvements or in some cases maybe even the personal property wow so tcja has had such an impact on multifamily properties that some people it's like oh it's too much i can't even take it all the, the tax benefits i mean if we look at really the last time we had tax reform 1986 1986 was really bad for commercial real estate and particularly multifamily it took away a lot of these incentives and i would say it really tossed commercial real estate into a, um, uh, a downturn for a number of years. So I think Congress listened and learned, and they certainly put in place a lot of great tools that can be leveraged by multifamily as well as most commercial real estate, and actually anything, just about anything to do with capital investment, wow. buildings or businesses. I don't remember 1986. I mean, I was, I was eight, but yes, that it, it, I see the, the impact of the TCJA, it just can't be overstated. And then in 2020, I know the CARES Act came along and that also brought some benefit for multifamily investors. 
Can you explain to me, Bruce, the CARES Act temporarily suspended the 80% net loss limitation? And I know that was a big, big plus for multifamily folks. When we look at the total package of the TCHAA, I mean, it was a outstanding win for commercial real estate. I don't think there's any debate over that. Uh, Congress tried to mute that a little bit by whether it's multifamily or any commercial real estate for a build, the ability to carry forward losses. They limited that. Okay. So what happened was with the CARES Act, and we all know um, the timing of that when right, it came into course. play, um, as part of the, tr the desire to stimulate business, stimulate activity within the economy, they temporarily suspended those limitations for, for I think it was a three or four year period. And so essentially today, at least through the 2020 returns, um, we have the ability to carry forward losses uh, in, in totality. Where when this temporary um, exclusion expires, we'll go back to what the TCAJA has on the books, of course, unless Congress decides to change things again. But uh, it's really, we're in a situation where you can spin off as many losses as you want, oh. use what you can today, and carry forward in totality what you, what you don't, aren't able to use right now. So that, that's, that's a good temporary win right now. I, from what we see our clients, yes, yes. absolutely, it's a, it's a benefit. And similarly, they also suspended the overall loss limitation. Correct. So, wow. Okay. No, that's huge. And I actually have a note here that it was suspended by the CARES Act for 2018, 2019, and 2020. 2020, right. So that's why I said so, through the 2020 right. returns. Right. Wow. Okay. So these guys, TCJA and the CARES Act, they're newer. Um, and I know that there are some older pieces of legislation that still are in play and that work really well in tandem with this new stuff. Um, so like, take like the TPRs, the Tangible Property Regulations. Take my TBRs, please. You know, but no, they're good. They're good. Don't don't take them. So how would the how do the TPRs benefit multifamily owners? Well, it's interesting you bring up the TPRs because it's hard to believe where we sit today. They're now in permanent form for the past seven years. Remember um, when they rolled out, Bruce? That was the was talk that? du jour. Was that the was talk of the town. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was scrambling to yes. figure these out because prior to the TC, TPRs. We didn't have any rules in place. I, I like to say it was kind of the Wild West, make up yeah. your own rules. Yeah. Well, now the IRS put together a lot of very formal rules in place. And again, for seven years, they have been in full form, full, full effect. But interestingly enough, I just non-scientifically polled a lot of our clients. And I would say about 60, 65% say that they are actively doing or implementing the TPR tools. Wow. One of which would be the PAD elections, parcel asset dispositions, the ability to write off the remaining basis of assets that are abandoned, re demolished, or replaced. And that means the other 45, some say they do it sporadically if they have time, and others say that they're not even addressing it. So, oh, that's it, such a wasted opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, particularly because these are tools that you have to use the year the work was done, meaning we talk about cost segregation or some of the energy tools you can do in, in retroactive environments, do a look back. We can't do that with a PAT election. We can't do that with a election to expense something as a repair. 
they must be done the year that's done. If not, it's gone. It's in the it's in the. And it has year. to be the year. I just learned this. It has to be the year that the the asset was removed from service, right? Not Correct. the year like it, say like you know, and then the new guy you you say you removed a chiller, let's say, but the new chiller isn't put in until the next year, let's say. But you can't do it that next year. It has to be the year that the asset was removed. The work the work from was service. performed. The work yes. was performed. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. I don't know. I just learned that, and I'm proud of my new knowledge. Um, so yeah, that's a huge, huge thing. Pat elections in a, in a renovation scenario, and obviously, if you own multifamily, you're always, you know, some kind of renovation is is. is As we said, it's the, the law of entropy. Things exactly. are always things breaking. Are things are wearing out, and unfortunately for the owner, that means you have to invest, constant, reinvest in the property. Yeah. Correct. Wow. Okay. So, oh my gosh, there's a, there, this is blowing my mind. There's really a lot of potential with, with multifamily. And I saved your favorite topic for the end, Bruce, just to briefly touch on energy-efficient tax incentives for multifamily properties. Um, and I know that there are different incentives that apply in different scenarios. So, like, if I own, like, a huge, like, eight-story apartment building, like, EPAC 179D would be the appropriate incentive Correct. for me, theoretically. Correct. Theoretically, and if I own something smaller, like if I own like you know a bunch of little townhouses or garden style apartments, but they're only two stories high, then I'm looking at a, a 45L tax credit. Correct. Picture, yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, and I know that that um, that theoretically, a multifamily property owner could benefit from from either of those as well. Um, so like it's not really a surprise that people are so interested in multifamily. I mean, you can benefit from from accelerated depreciation, from a hundred percent bonus, even in an acquisition, using TPR expensing, pad elections if you renovated, energy incentives if you qualified. Like, and plus you've got a, wow. a, a a fairly strong demand for the product. So I think it just all of these kind of points to the fact that it's it has been and will continues to be a very popular property type. Um, and I just, it's, to me, I used to be amazed by it, but I really shouldn't because you see all of the, yeah. all the factors in play. Um, for those that really know how to run the properties, they can be a tremendous investment. And we have uh, the great opportunity to work with a lot of those types of investors. And we learn a lot from them to see, yeah. you know, what makes a really good multifamily property work well. And tax is a, a, a piece yes. of that overall equation. Wow. Fascinating. You can't see me, but I'm nodding thoughtfully. Bruce, that, that was really very, very interesting. Um, and we appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Bruce. My pleasure, Lena. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much to you for joining us again on another edition of Capstan Live. I'm Helena Carmel. Our guest today was Bruce Johnson, and I'm here with our ever-present, fabulous producer, Aaron Strongin. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Capstan Live. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Visit our website at capstantax.com for more info on everything we discussed today, plus breaking news, industry blogs, and more. Have a profitable day.